talking about. Sin, Romans 6, and law, Romans 7. So particularly in the earlier verses of the chapter here, Paul talks about the work of the Spirit uh, providing for us no condemnation and releasing us from the power of sin and the law. So in a sense, what Paul is doing is restating the point he made at the end of chapter 5, that we Christians have this full assurance for the future in Christ uh, in light of the discussion of sin and the law that we've seen in chapters 6 and 7. And a third final relationship we could note, as we commented earlier, is on uh, uh, chapter 7, verse 6, where Paul concluded that paragraph by contrasting the oldness of the letter with the newness of the Spirit. And doesn't, I think, take a genius to figure out, perhaps, that oldness of the letter is a fairly apt title for 7, 7 to 25, whereas newness of spirit certainly is a pretty neat summary of Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 1 to 13, as I suggested a moment ago, uh, focuses on the concept of life. Uh, here Paul affirms that we have current spiritual life because of our relationship with Christ. We are no longer condemned. We have been brought into a new experience of life uh, out of the death that was our uh, lot because of Adam and under the law. Uh, and also he talks about how this life will eventuate in resurrection life. In 8, 10 to 11, he focuses on this point. So life now uh, and life in the future. Uh, current spiritual life, we have come alive spiritually in Christ, and ultimately God is going to raise our mortal bodies from death. Uh, therefore, we will have ultimate resurrection life as well. And all of this, Paul relates to the work of the Spirit. But there's something else Paul does in 8, 1 to 13 that we should not um, uh, forget or overlook either. Uh, as he begins talking about life, uh, it's interesting at the end of verse 4 and into about verse 10, uh, Paul also talks about our current situation as people who have been brought to life. And it's interesting that, that he uses several different ways to conceptualize the new relationship we have. Uh, not following the order of the text, but I think following what we might call the sort of logical order, uh, there are a series of ways in which we in Christ enjoy life. First, Paul says, we as Christians are now in the Spirit and have life. So that's kind of a current description of who we are. We are people who are in the Spirit, or as the NIV translates here, are located in the realm of the Spirit, kind of trying to, to get the metaphor that Paul is using here. By definition, then, a Christian, Paul suggests here, is a person who has the Spirit of God. Now, in our experience as believers, we may learn better to use the Spirit of God. Uh, we may employ the Spirit to, to help us overcome certain sins. Uh, and all of that is important in, in our growth, obviously. Uh, but... Bottom line and very fundamental for Paul is that we as believers now possess the Spirit. That is a definition of what it means to be a Christian. So we Christians are 
in the spirit. And, and in the spirit, we need therefore to begin to develop the mind of the spirit, to think in accordance with the spirit is the language Paul uses here. The word mind in, in our English renderings here uh, picks up a Greek word that maybe could also be translated mindset, uh, a fundamental way of looking at things that the spirit uh, is, is inculcating in us, a whole new orientation toward life. And we'll see Paul picking this idea up in Romans 12, verse 2, later on. Now, from the being in the spirit, to thinking and having the mind of the Spirit comes ultimately walking according to the Spirit, living according to the Spirit. The actual way we behave needs to be governed also by the Spirit. So the, these three stages of being in the Spirit, thinking and having the mind of the Spirit, and then living and walking according